Amen, amen. All right, we, we got a lot of verses to cover, obviously, if you couldn't tell. Uh, Kelsey Joe, you did an amazing job. Wonderful, as always. Um, with that being said, we got, we got work to do, okay? The message title today uh, is Humble Faith. That is the title of my message today. We're gonna actually be all the way, hold on, I lost my spot already. There we go. Uh, Humble Faith is the title of my message today. And, oh, that was a sneak peek. Jace, can you help me out here? Because I'm just glitching all over the place, bro. (laughs) Go to the title slide for me, please. Humble Faith. Uh, With that being said, as Jace is taking care of that, give it up for Jace and our sound team, everybody. Everything that happens uh, behind the scenes that you guys don't see that really makes everything else look good up here. And when something goes bad, it's not because of them, it's usually because of me. So all that to say, uh, Humble Faith is the title of my message, and I believe that the Lord uh, has something really special for, for each and every person in here. He, he's gonna move in mighty ways, and I believe that uh, there's gonna be a powerful, uh, powerful presence of God here in this house this morning, and uh, these, these altars, I'm believing and praying for these altars to be filled because I believe that he has something to say, and uh, I hope that I just do justice for what he wants to be said this morning. We're gonna actually start off in 2 Samuel 15, and I'm gonna go back to verse 14 as we begin. There we go. David said to all his servants who were with him at Jerusalem, arise and let us flee, for otherwise none of us will escape from Absalom. Go in haste, or he will overtake us quickly and bring down calamity on us and strike. What do we see here in this place is that, and and right here at the end, go in haste and overtake us quickly, it's evident. Uh, some, Some translations say quickly, twice. It's making evidence, showing us that these things, it, it's all happening very, very fast, and David needs to react quickly. Things are escalating much quicker than David had actually prepared. David was unaware when he sent Absalom. He said, go in peace. David didn't know what Absalom was gonna do, but here we are, and, uh, and David, David hears what's happening, and he says, well, we gotta move quick. I, I, can't, I can't take all these things, but me and, and, and anybody who, who's gonna come and follow with me, we have to go, and we have to go before Absalom returns. And so what does he do? He realizes that the best move for him is to run. It, what this does, it, it prevents the city from becoming a battleground. So in a way, he's, he's, he's not just running because he, 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 he thinks he can't beat Absalom. I think at this time, maybe he, he struggled with thinking, he's realized Absalom has won a lot of, or well, stolen, not won. He's stolen a lot of the hearts of the people uh, of, of Jerusalem. And, and he realizes that maybe he can't fight him off, but I don't want the city to become a battleground. I, I, I want to protect everybody here as much as I can. So instead of a, a war breaking out, I, I want to just take, take myself and take my people and we're gonna go. And so that's what he does. That's, that's, his, that's his, his move. He runs and, and it's really, it's kind of selfless in a way because he could have stayed and fight to, 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 to uh, you know, show who's man, to show who's the boss. But instead he, he realized he didn't wanna put others' lives in jeopardy in this case. And through this verse, or through this text that we're covering today, there's three episodes that, uh, that I kind of break it down. It's three different episodes of, of different encounters that we see with David as he runs from, Jeru- from Jerusalem. And there's four things I want you to note, four things um, that I think uh, really speak to the text, really give us a great picture. And in each of the 
three episodes, we're going to see these four things. We're going to see the location. We're going to see who comes to meet David. We're going to see David's response. And then we're also going to see the response of the others. And then all of this, it's going to play into how we're going to wrap up the message today. But each of these episodes, I think, are really important. And they show the heart of David. And we see a lot of, of how God is still with David in these episodes. And the first bit is uh, uh, David and Ittai. This is covered in verses 17 through 22. I'm not going to read through all of them at all by any means. Uh, but uh, as we walk through it, I just want you to know, for your record, it's verse 17 through 22. Uh, but we're going to go into verse 21, first and foremost here. Hello. Jace, can you help me out again? Ah, oh, thanks, bro. All right. But Ittai answered the king and said, As the Lord lives and as my Lord the king lives, surely wherever my Lord the king may be, whether for death or for life, there also your servant will be. And this right here, these are, these are Ittai's words to David. He's, he's just, he's telling him that it doesn't matter. You are the, the Lord, you are my Lord, the King. And as you live, I'm gonna be with you. I'm gonna stand with you. It doesn't matter who, you know, whether Absalom claims to be king of Jerusalem, I am with you and I'm in your corner. And Ittai, he was a Philistine, actually, uh, the Philistine of Gath, which we also read about here. And Gath is actually the hometown of Goliath. And hopefully, next slide, please. Thank you, sir. All right, uh, so Ittai was a Philistine of Gath, hometown of Goliath. Now, you may think David was the one that actually slayed Goliath. So you're wondering, why is Ittai so loyal to David. I think when David was on a run for a while, he went and, and rested here. And I think that maybe this is from when, when he rested with the Philistines. When he rested among the Philistines at this time, he created this friendship. And then now Ittai basically just, you know, he recognizes him as Lord and King. And, and, um, and Goliath, a lot of people were frustrated when David slayed Goliath. But uh, here we are, it come full circle. And now there's even Philistines who follow David in his kingship. See, Ittai, his family and servants had arrived just one day before the departure. So they had just gotten there. They didn't know anything that's going on. They had just gotten there, and, and then they see David leaving. He says, I'm, all my people, my family, all my servants, they're coming with, and I'm going to stand in with you. I'm going to be in your corner, corner. And this is a beautiful picture of devotion and loyalty. Beautiful picture of devotion and loyalty. Because many Philistines really never ended up really forgiving David or anything by that means for, for killing Goliath. Um, but we see here that tur things have turned quite around and now we have Philistines who are now devoted and loyal to David. And the second episode that we see here take, take place in verses 23 and 29. This is between David and Zadok. Verses 23 through 29, you see this whole, uh, you know, where they come, their conversation takes place. We see the location. We see who they meet. And the conversation, what David says and what Zadok also has to say. And I want to go to verse 25 for this. The king said to Zadok, return the ark of God to the city. If I find favor in the sight of the Lord, then he will bring me back again and show me both it and his habitation. But if he should say thus, I have no delight in you. Behold, here I am. Let him do to me as seems good to him. And the king also said to Zadok the priest, 
are you not a seer? Return to the city in peace, and your two sons with you, your son Ahimaaz and Jonathan, the son of Abiathar. So what we see here is that Zadok and the Levites, they bring the ark of God to David. And maybe they're just like, hey, this belongs to you, so we want to bring it. It was, it was maybe a sense of honor, kind of a, a gift maybe to them ultimately. But David's saying, no, it belongs right there where it was. It, you know, it belongs in Jerusalem, and, and I don't want it to be traveling with us. I want it to remain there because if the Lord calls me back there, I want to be able to see it there. I don't want to take this with me because he, probably in his mind, he's thinking it's going to cause even more issues than have already been created in this case. And you may be wondering when he asks, are you not a seer? What is a seer? A seer is really another name for a prophet. It's another name for a prophet. Don't, it's, it's, don't read into it all that much in, in regards of being like, oh, that's kind of spooky. I know Halloween just happened, whatever. But no, a seer is just another name for a prophet. And David's reminding him, hey, aren't you a prophet? Aren't you a seer? So you can see all these things, and then you can deliver this message. So David ends it with asking him, he's, he's asking to send word if God reveals anything to Zadok. And so he wants him to be there. So as the Lord reveals things to him, he wants the message to then be conveyed to David as it comes about. And this third episode that we come to today is David and Hushai. This happens in verses 30 through 37. This is the final episode, we would say, of, um, of this text today. But we're going to take it to verse 31, as where we're going to pick up. Now someone told David, saying, Ahithophel is among the conspirators with Absalom. And David said, O Lord, I pray, make the counsel of Ahithophel foolishness. And it happened, as David was coming to summit, where God was worshipped, that behold, Hushai the archite met him with his coat torn and dust on his head. One thing to, 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 to note here is that the meaning of names, meaning of names are, are powerful. They mean a lot, right? And it's funny because David prays. He said, Lord, you know, make, his, make Ahithophel's ways foolishness. Make his counsel foolishness. Ahithophel actually means brother of ruin or folly. It literally means foolishness. And this is, this, it's kind of just funny how the Lord works in this way because, you know, he, he got his name already and, and he, we already knew what the meaning of the name was. And then David prays, just make his, make his ways, make his uh, uh, consulting foolishness in the, in the eyes of Absalom so that, he, you know, there's no power so that they fail ultimately is kind of what he's praying. Um, and Hushai, as we see here, he was also the answer to David's prayer. He's, he's praying and then comes up, comes up the mount, and then there he is. That is an answered prayer as David prays to God uh, in this scenario, in this episode. And after this, uh, the, the final episode here, we see that the spy network for David is complete. Essentially, that's what it is. He, he tells all these people, hey, go do this, go do this, go do this. And, and we also see that throughout this, Hushai, he's, throughout David's conversation with Hushat, that he's reminding him, hey, these are also the people that are there. He's reminding him of Zadok and his son so that, so that Hushad then also knows that, um, Hushai then also knows who is also on David's side so that they could kind of come together so they know, okay, you're on my side. I know what's going on here. Good, good. And then they can kind of reconvene. And it's not necessarily in a way that David's trying to overthrow Absalom, but Really, he's just, he wants to protect himself, but he also wants to know what's going on so that he can be ready for what is to come. 
And the last verse of chapter 15 today says, so Hushai, David's friend, maybe, there we go. So Hushai, David's friend, came into the city and Absalom came into Jerusalem. I think there's powerful word and you don't see it much, but Hushai, David's friend, I think it's important to note that he, that what, what is it referencing to as when, when they say that he's a, a friend? And I think in this case, I think that uh, friend really is an official title. Maybe here we go. Ah, there we go. Friend, official title, counselor, personal assistant, or just referencing how close that he is. It could have been any of these things. I'm, I'm speculating here, ultimately. I'm being completely honest. I'm speculating, but I think that it's important because you don't see friend in any of the other episodes except for this one. So it's either showing how close that he actually was with David or that maybe it was an official title in a capacity or that counselor or uh, an assistant uh, in this regards. And these episodes reveal that God has not abandoned David. He hasn't abandoned David. And we see this through the conversations, what is happening in these conversations and the answered prayers that are happening throughout these conversations, throughout these episodes. And once again, we see in chapter 13 and 14, we don't see David inquiring of the Lord very often. But right here in chapter 15, we see once again that David inquires of the Lord. And it's kind of a, it, 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 it's repeating itself in a way. David inquires of the Lord, good things are happening. David stops inquiring of the Lord, and then all these bad things are happening. But ultimately, all up to this point is David is living out the consequences of his own sin. He's living out the consequences of his sin, and he realizes, he realizes that he, he, he messed up, and he's got to live with those consequences, and that's what brings us to a humble faith of which I believe David had. And that we go back to verses 25 and 26 to see this humble faith. The king said to Zadok, return the ark of God to the city. If I find favor in the sight of the Lord, then he will bring me back again and show me both it and his habitation. But if he should say thus, I have no delight in you, behold, here I am. Let him do to me as seems good to him. He recognizes that he needs a savior, he recognizes that God is Lord, but he also recognizes that he's messed up. He recognizes that the, what he's living out right now are the consequences of his sin. So he's leaving it up to the Lord. He's saying, I have faith in you, Lord. Do as you will. May I be in your will. Ultimately is what the conversation that is happening here. And this looks, David, he looks to God with a very humble faith. And I think when we talk about faith, we see two things. What does faith do for us? And the first thing that I think that faith does for us is it opens our eyes to see God for who he is. And the second thing is it opens our eyes to see the ugliness of our sin. Just as Pastor Nathan was leading us in community, he, he talked a big chunk. He didn't know my notes at all. But a big chunk of today is recognizing the ugliness of our sin, recognizing that we need a savior. And as we get to it, we, we, we have this faith and we wanna have humble faith. And a humble faith will make us bold. Yes, it will. But we must humble ourselves before the Lord and saying, God, I, I'm broken. I, you know, these are the consequences of my sin. Okay, do what you will. And let his will be done here on earth as it is in heaven. 
And we look at uh, David, he, he wrote a, a, a majority of the Psalms, right? And I, I go, I wanna take us back to, uh, to Psalms 3 today. This is uh, what he wrote, Psalms 3. He wrote this actually in departure. As he was leaving Jerusalem, this is what he wrote. So this gives us an inside, inside perspective, an inside uh, view, an inside picture of what was going on through David's mind as he was leaving Jerusalem. In Psalms 3, it begins, O Lord, how my adversaries have increased. Many are rising up against me. Many are saying of my soul, there is no deliverance for him for him in God, Selah. But you, O Lord, are a shield about me, my glory and the one who lifts my head. I was crying to the Lord with my voice and he answered me from his holy mountain, Selah. I lay down and slept. I awoke for the Lord sustains me. I will not be afraid of 10,000s of people who have set themselves against me round about. Arise, O Lord, save me, O God, for you have smitten all my enemies on the cheek. You have shattered the teeth of the wicked. The last verse, salvation belongs to the Lord. Your blessing be upon your people. Selah. Ultimately, humble faith recognizes that not only have we sinned, but that we have a sin nature and we need a savior. It's recognizing that we can't do it alone. At one time or another, I'm sure we've been there, I've been there before, that I've been my own, I've been my own Lord, that I've, I can do it all on my own. Well, failure after failure after failure after failure, now I hear and I realize I can't do it on my own. That is what a humble faith looks like. And we all need a humble faith in our life because we have to recognize we can't do it on our own. No matter what battles we're facing, no matter what, no matter what uh, comes our way, no matter what valleys we're in or mountaintops we're in, it, it, it has to be done with God. We cannot do it on our own. We need a savior. And I wanna take us to a parallel that I see here out of these texts, I wanna take us back to Luke 19, actually. I'm gonna to go to uh, verses 28 through 44. It's a bit of a read, but it's a beautiful, beautiful parallel to today's text that we see. After he had said these things, he was going on ahead, going up to Jerusalem. When he approached uh, Bethphage and Bethany near the mount that is called Olivet, he sent two of the disciples saying, go into the village ahead of you. There, as you enter, you will find a colt tied on which no one yet has ever sat. Untie it and bring it here. If anyone asks you, why are you untying it? You, should say, you shall say, the Lord has need of it. So those who were sent went away and found it just as he had told them. As they were untying the colt, its owner said to them, why are you untying the colt? They said, the Lord has need of it. They brought it to Jesus. They threw their coats on the colt and put Jesus on it. And as he was going, they were spreading their coats on the road. As soon as he was approaching near the descent of the Mount of Olives, the whole crowd of the disciples began to praise God joyfully with a loud voice for all the miracles which they had seen, shouting, blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. Some of the Pharisees in the crowd said to him, teacher, rebuke your disciples. But Jesus answered, I tell you, 
If these, become, if these become silent, the stones will cry out. When he approached Jerusalem, he saw the city and wept over it, saying, if you had known in this day, even you, the things which make for peace, but now they have been hidden from your eyes. For the days will come upon you when your enemies will throw up a barricade against you and surround you and hem you in on every side. And they will level you to the ground and your children within you, and they will not leave in you one stone upon another because you did not recognize the time of your visitation. You may be listening and reading along with that and you're thinking to yourself, how does this fit? Where does this tie in to today's text as we cover it? Well, I think it's a beautiful picture. It's a beautiful foreshadowing, and essentially, today's text, a foreshadowing of what's to come right here in this last passage I just read. Because David, he leaves Jerusalem by way of weeping. He leaves Jerusalem by way of the Mount of Olives weeping. But yet, Jesus, he comes to Jerusalem by way of Mounts of Olives, weeping. David flees to certain death, to escape a certain death, more or less, while Jesus, he comes to embrace certain death. See, David weeps over consequences of his sin, while Jesus weeps over consequences of our sin. See, there comes a time where we have to recognize that only when we see and understand the why and the who of the cross can we have evidence of humble faith. And I believe that's what, is, what God is calling us today. I believe there's somebody, several people here in this room today that don't fully know what it means to have a relationship with Jesus. Yes, he calls, us, he calls us from our sin. He doesn't want us to live in sin. But he also calls us to have faith. We are saved by grace through faith. And when we have the faith, we have the humble faith, recognizing that, yes, we need a Savior. Yes, I need a Savior. Daily, I need a Savior. We all do. So where are you at in your journey today? Where are you at with your faith today? That's the question. I, I honestly want you to take a moment. The, as the band begins to play a little bit, I want you to take a moment to, to, to introspectively look at where you're at in your journey, where you're at in, in, in your walk, where you're at with your faith. With every head bowed, eyes closed, I wanna give the opportunity this morning as you look and see and, and, and reflect on your own life, your own journey, your own walk. Maybe you walked in here today not having a relationship with Jesus. I'm glad you're here. And that's okay. Because he, he leaves the 99 for the one. And if you're here today and that's you, you're the one that he's chasing after. You didn't end up here by accident. I wanna give the opportunity to the individuals who may have that heart today. 
to say, Lord, today, today I, I want to give my life to you. I want to call on you as Lord and Savior. I want to recognize, yes, I need a Savior. And you are my Savior. And if that is you today, if, you, if that is you in any way, I want you to just raise your hand slightly. I'm not gonna bring attention to you. I'm not gonna embarrass you or, or anything like that. But I wanna give an opportunity because Jesus will return. He will. And it's our job as the church to make heaven as crowded as it possibly can. So if that's you in this house this morning that hasn't made that decision to call on him as Lord and Savior, this is your chance. This is your opportunity. Just raise your hand. Real quiet. No attention brought to you. And maybe you're in this house. I see that hand. Amen. Maybe you're in this house who you've had a relationship with the Lord, you, you've been in church all your life, but you don't, you don't know the concept of a humble faith. And you're still trying to be Lord over your own life. You're trying to be in control of every little thing, every little decision, and you're, and you're trying to do things in your own strength. But this is the Lord telling you today that you can no longer do it in your own strength. You can't survive by doing it in your own strength. It will not end up good. He has to be Lord over it all. Because if he isn't Lord over all, then he isn't Lord at all. So if that's you, then I want you to take, a, take an opportunity to humble yourself before the Lord and raise your hand and say, yeah, that's me. I've tried to be Lord over my own life. I've tried to be in, in control over my own life and, and, and I've tried to do it my own way. But, but today, I want to signify that I need more of him. I see that hand. I see that hand. I see that hand. See those hands. Praise the Lord. Praise you, Jesus. I'm gonna invite our prayer team up this morning. And I'm gonna give the opportunity for those who raised their hand and said, and said, uh, yeah, I've I've been Lord over my own life and I don't want it to be that way any longer then I, I encourage you to come forward, let us pray with you. Or just lay at the altar, prostrate yourself before the Lord right here at the altar and just go one-on-one -on -one with him. And for that one person today that said, yes, I'm gonna call on him as Lord and Savior because I've never done that before and I want, to, I want today to be the day that will go down in history of my life saying he is Lord and Savior over my life. Right here, November 5th, 2023, everything changes for you. And we as a church, we wanna celebrate with you. We had one person who had raised their hand during that opportunity. So let's just, the heavens rejoice when one gives their life to Christ. And I wanna say right here, we're right along with heaven. We are rejoicing. Now let's stand to our feet. And as we do that, I just wanna pray over you. Father, I pray, Lord, that your spirit will rest upon your children this morning.
that your spirit will rest upon this place this morning, God, that, that uh, as we look in, inside, look in, introspectively into our own hearts, as we've, you've revealed to us and, and of the people here in this house that have, have stepped out in humble faith, recognizing that, that, that you need to be Lord over all, that they've done it far too long and it's been too hard, Lord, but I pray, God, that you will just bless them mightily for stepping out in faith, stepping out in faith, recognizing, Lord, that you have to be Lord over it all. And I pray for peace of mind over their hearts and over their minds. I pray for peace in their life, Lord Jesus. As the changes come, as the, as the, as the waves crash and, and the winds blow, God, I pray, Lord, that you will be in the midst of it all, that you will calm the seas as things begin to change in their life. And Lord, over this church, I thank you, Lord, the opportunity we get every single week to gather. But may we not forget, God, that it is not a, just a Sunday thing. It's not just a Sunday faith, Lord, but it is weekly. Every single day, Lord, may we step out and may we walk in faith. May we go out to, to continue to advance the gospel, to build your kingdom, and to bless the world, Jesus. And may you be the center. And may you be the focus of our lives today. As we come to worship, Lord, with this last song, I pray, God, that you will get all the glory that you will get all the honor and that you will get all the praise. May it joyfully fill your heart, King of kings and Lord of lords. It's in your name we pray, amen.